This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Ashley. And I'm Lacey, and this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in South Carolina discussing a mother of two who disappeared without a trace. Then we'll talk about a cemetery ghost story. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Palmetto State. We've mentioned this before, but only because it's the harsh truth. Missing persons cases get more coverage if they have a young white woman at their center, especially if they're conventionally attractive. We can look at the recent Gabby Petito case for evidence of that. Don't get me wrong, though, I'm glad that she got so much media coverage. When someone is missing and likely in danger, they deserve to be all over the news and social media. Everyone knew who she was and what she looked like. I just wish it was like that for everyone. There are so many missing people of color who are completely ignored or just overlooked. There's plenty of data to back this up. Black women make up nearly 20% of all missing persons cases, However, they receive significantly less media attention, and therefore their cases remain open for longer, which lowers their odds for a positive outcome. It's a similar story for missing and murdered Indigenous women as well. Policymakers need to step up, but we need to give them no other option. We need to advocate for change and make sure that Black women and girls are not nameless and faceless victims. So our new patron, Terrence, from South Carolina, gave us this case to look into. It's the one he messaged about a couple of weeks ago. It's a newer one from last year. I've never heard about. I've never heard of this one. Yeah. So let's get into it. Alexis Ware is a hairstylist and mother of two from Greenville, South Carolina. Her friends and family call her Lex and consider her to be bubbly, cheerful, and outgoing. She's the life of the party. Her pride and joy are her nine-year-old daughter and two-year-old son, along with her niece and nephew. She's also very ambitious, and whatever she strives to do, she'll make happen. Alexis is a hairstylist, but is also into makeup and fashion. She planned on building her social media platforms with Instagram modeling and photo shoots. So very Gen Z millennial occupation, you know? In early 2022, she had gotten approved to break her lease and move to Atlanta. That's a big change. Big city. Yeah. She planned on opening up a boutique with her own salon. She had the business license and everything. So why was she, did she have family or something in Atlanta? That's a big move. You know, different state, yeah. different town. I'm not sure why she picked Atlanta, but it would make her closer to her little brother, Travis. Oh, yeah. And her niece and nephew. Yeah. So that she had family close-ish. Right. But I don't know that that's why she chose Atlanta, but maybe more opportunities. I'm not really sure. But she'd been stocking up on merchandise she would sell there and had like the clothing racks ready Mm -hmm. to go and everything. So she was prepped. Mm -hmm. On the last weekend of January 22, Alexis visited her mom's house to spend time with family. Her mom noticed that something was off. She felt like something was freaking Alexis out. And then Alexis mentioned she kept getting calls all weekend from a blocked number. 
She didn't say who it was. She just said that the devil wouldn't stop calling. Yeah, creepy. During the same weekend, Alexis was crying about her upcoming 30th birthday. That can be a milestone birthday for some people. 25. 25 for me. Really? When I turn 25, which I know it sounds ridiculous now that I'm 42. Oh my, that's like a baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my God. But when I turn 25, it it was my bad birthday, which sounds ridiculous huh. now, but I was super sad. Interesting. I didn't want a cake. I didn't want presents. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't, oh want to, I didn't answer my phone. I don't know why it was so, hmm. so I get it. Like, yeah. for whatever reason, some miles, some birthdays are just hit you harder. Yeah. So, I mean, I get that. So, she was specifically saying things like she didn't feel like she was going to make it to her 30th birthday. Oh, gosh. Very ominous. I didn't feel like that. I I know. And her mom found this unusual because she had always gone real big with her birthdays. Mm -hmm. She would have the outfit and shoes prepped and Mm -hmm. ready months in advance. They were just a big deal to her, but not this year. Instead of being excited, she told her mom she just felt like something was going to happen to her. But when pressed on it, she wouldn't say what. She just kept alluding that it's a feeling. Isn't that creepy? I don't love that at all. The very next day, Alexis vanished. On Sunday, January 30th, 2022, Alexis left her mom's house around noon. Her mom called her around three to check on her, and she answered. They had a video call. Alexis was lying in bed and said she was taking a nap. A few hours later, her mom got a call from the father of Alexis's son around 7.30 p.m. He told her he met Alexis at the gas station because they were meeting for her to give him the children. Yeah. Nothing weird there, really, but she'd never mentioned to her mom that she was going to meet him that day or give him the kids. And they're really close, so it's just kind of odd that she didn't even bring that up. This wasn't like a scheduled it wasn't, custody no. exchange. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But he said the way they parted gave him some concern. So she apparently called dad and was like, let's hey, meet let's meet and you take the kids. Maybe mm-hmm. I have something going on. Can you take them yeah. for the night? And so when she did that and left, he called mom and you know her mother and was like, Hey, just a heads up. Is everything okay with her? This was weird. Well, he didn't call her until after the exchange. Right, right. That's what I mean. Like Mm -hmm. after he gets the kids, he Mm -hmm. called Mm -hmm. grandma or whatever and was like, hey, just a heads up. Something's Something's weird. And he couldn't get a hold of her at that point. He told her he met Alexis at the gas station Mm -hmm. because that's where they Mm -hmm. were going to meet and give each other the children. Mm -hmm. Nothing, you know. So, and I believe she had mentioned she needed to get gas. That was the reason for it being at a gas station. Mm -hmm. And he said that after getting gas, she planned on following him to his mom's house. And then she was going to head back to her own mom's house. And her mom was kind of thinking like, she wasn't going to come back here. She was here all weekend. She just left. She didn't say that to him. But she was kind of like, I don't think that's what she's going to do. Right. So what she ended up doing, she gave him the kids, they got in his car, and she followed him like out of the lot, but instead of following him the rest, she sped around him and made a quick right at a red light and started speeding off from there. 
he was confused and he's like, I had no idea where she was going. I thought she was following me somewhere. Yeah, that's... So he tried calling her multiple times to be like, what's, what's your... going on? Yeah. yeah. And he couldn't get a hold of her. So then he called her mom mm-hmm. and then her mom tried calling her and the calls just went straight to voicemail. So super weird. Yeah. By Tuesday, February 1st, 2022, Alexis's family filed a police report that she was missing. They knew she wouldn't go this long without her kids. She was also super close with their mom and called her all day long, like off and on. So going two days without talking to her own mom was unheard of. Going two days without talking to your kids, too. Exactly. Not, even on the phone. That even was on the phone. Yeah. Super unusual. Even if she wasn't seeing them, she would call them and talk to them. So Alexis's ex was the last to see her. And he claimed they were at the 7-Eleven gas station off Highway 29 in Anderson, South Carolina. Authorities got the security footage from the gas station and they had it. Surprisingly, I feel like you, they never that had never it. exists. Yeah. But good for them. So they showed them the footage and sure enough, she got there. They met up. It looked like she was following them out and then she sped off. Some of the footage wasn't totally visible because it was blocked by a tractor trailer. Mm-hmm. But one odd thing is she showed up wearing a black bonnet, like something yeah. you sleep in. But the bonnet was found on the ground of the gas station, like outside by her car. It could have fallen off. She didn't notice. Maybe she, she would notice. A scuffle happened. My thought is maybe it was just like gross or in something. And she's like, ooh, I'm not picking that up. We don't know. Yeah. Like we really don't know. And you can't tell from the camera. Yeah, the footage doesn't show when it comes off uh-huh. and why. Maybe she was a hurry and just didn't How do they know it was hers if it was just a black bonnet? Those things are a dime a dozen. That is true. Because she was wearing it, though. They knew that. But right. then, yeah, I guess if she was blocked, we don't know we that don't she We don't know didn't. that it was. Yeah, that's true. So her ex's alibi checked out with the detectives, and he was not considered a suspect. In the meantime, her family was trying to figure out where in the world she could have been going. They were totally stumped. Just a few days later, Alexis's red Honda Accord was found in McCormick, South Carolina. No. Which is 30 miles south of Anderson, where she met at the gas station. Uh-huh. All of her belongings were still in the car, her cell, her daughter's cell, her purse, ID, and she had clothes in the trunk. Why on earth would she leave any of that stuff behind? No one leaves her cell phone, especially, you know. I'm not Even leaving if my car. Walking out, yeah. I'm not leaving my car. <laughs> And her mom and stepdad thought it was super weird she'd be in that area in the first place. She lived in Greenville, and to their knowledge, she didn't know anyone in McCormick and had no reason to be there. Well, that'd be like us finding your car and phone in, like, Bryant. Yeah. You don't have any reason to be out there. Yeah, it'd be very odd. Like, who does she know here? Who does she know here? She doesn't ever go here. And for reference, Greenville has a population of around 70,000. McCormick has around 2,000. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's not like she's going there to eat somewhere fancy that she doesn't have or go shopping. No one's there. Nothing's there. And the car was on a dirt road. No. Yeah. It was spotted by the property owner. And since it was logging season, he assumed it was just a worker's car. Mm -hmm. So it's heavily wooded with construction equipment on site. There's no reason for anyone's car to be left there. 
At this point, her mom starts thinking about the dark conversation they had about Alexis feeling like she wouldn't make it to her 30th birthday, which was in March, a couple months away. She also remembered that Alexis mentioned that a black truck had been following her around for a few weeks. She didn't say a name or anything, so she wasn't sure if Alexis knew who the person was or not. Although Alexis's ex has been cleared as a suspect, some people are still suspicious of the situation. Her brother Travis said, quote, The only story we really have to go off is her child's father, and I don't feel like he physically did any harm to her, but I do feel that he knows more than what he has said. And at this point, I have not spoken to him because I don't feel comfortable speaking to him quite yet, and I don't want to accuse him of anything. But if you know something more, please say something at this point, because now her kids are being affected. Your son is being affected by this now. But she called him. Yeah. Or is that all? I mean, I'm sure it's proven by cell phone records. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he, everything has checked out For on him. the books, but they're... I guess it's just because he's the last one to see her. They're like, always. Yeah. Was there something more? Did she have any? Did she and you say on anything the, else? You see on the camera, it's very hard when people go missing. And you don't know what their conversation actually was. Right. But it's like, you and I have talked for two hours mm-hmm. before we started recording. I couldn't tell you every single thing that we've talked yeah. about. So it's probably hard to, especially when now you're pressured into thinking, yeah. shit, did she, did she say something? Yeah. Did I miss something? Because yeah. at the moment, he wasn't thinking anything was weird until she sped off. So, yeah. This is terrible. It is. Nothing's been found. Well, investigators discovered on that same night, Alexis's red car was spotted a couple of times at an apartment complex in Anderson. She wasn't spotted. But her car Her was. car was. So she may not have been there herself. Maybe someone drove her car there. We don't know. But the area where her car was found in McCormick is about an hour away from these apartments. So she it was spotted like CCTV or like a ring camera? The article didn't say. Was there something? Look at me being a detective. Was it? Is there something on her car that makes it, like, does she have, like, a vanity plate or a bumper sticker? Because I have a white Nissan. You know how many white Nissans there are? Yeah. You know I what think I mean? it was just because she was at the gas station in Anderson. Maybe they put it on the TV and was like, did you see this car? And then, yeah, so maybe people called in. No article said anything right. about that. That's a good question, though. But they assumed it was her car. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. They could have seen the license plate. Yeah. It didn't say, again, I am just thinking out loud. But so that would have been an hour drive. And she had no reason to be at the apartments, and she had no reason to be in McCormick. And or down a gravel road. <laughs> period. Yeah, it's just all weird. So when her mom heard about this, she went to the apartments with missing persons flyers and talked to people there. No one had seen her. No one knew who she was. No one recognized her. Her mom felt like whatever happened to Alexis happened immediately after she mm-hmm. left that gas station. Mm-hmm. And she kept thinking about how Alexis believed that she was being followed. Maybe she wanted to drop off her kids in a rush so they could at least be safe. Yeah. Or maybe someone took advantage of the fact that she dropped them off and they knew she'd be alone. Just, again, 
possibilities. We don't know for sure. And what time did she drop them off with him? Like 7? It was around 7.30, but it was in January, so it would have been getting dark dark at that point. So on February 8th, 10 law enforcement agencies, including more than 30 personnel, manned a grid search covering more than 200 acres where her car was found. They divided the search off in teams, and they all had a canine and a handler with them. Nothing was found. After this, her family did some of their own searches. They couldn't find anything either. They felt like someone had to have been familiar with the area mm-hmm. to leave their car there. Mm-hmm. Knew, knew that it wouldn't be found. Yeah. And I have to say, I feel the same way. Why would she pick that random place and leave it there? And then where'd she go after that? Well, it's almost like even if someone was dumping her car there were multiple people involved because somebody mm-hmm. would have had to drive it, drop it, and then get picked up yeah. and come out. And there was no blood or anything in her car. Just very unusual. She would have had to go somewhere after she... This is insane. It is so weird. And at the family's request, the FBI joined the investigation efforts two months after she went missing. In March, Alexis's 30th birthday came and went. Still no Alexis. Her family had a celebration for her. They had a seafood boil, which was her favorite. They had shirts made with a photo of her and a cake with burgundy buttercream roses on top. Her daughter now lives with her mom, Alberta, and believes she will see her mom again. Ugh. Yeah. And I didn't read it explicitly, but I'm assuming her son is living with his father since he's still in the picture and everything. Her mom said this year, quote, A year has passed and nothing has changed from the first day of the disappearance, and we're just hoping for some closure, and we pray for closure. We need answers. Her children need answers. I have to deal with the fact that her daughter lays down and cries for her mom. Oh, that's heartbreaking. And her brother Travis said she has a huge following, whether that's on Facebook or Instagram. I hope this is not related to anything social media-wise. One thing I've known... Because I also have one too. You have to make sure that you're careful at any given time because you don't know who knows you or anything. Of course, you would hope that everyone that follows you loves and supports you, but you may also come across those select few that may envy you. And this is for everybody, but especially for people in South Carolina and even nearby states. Alexis is African American with a light complexion has long black hair and brown eyes. She has multiple tattoos, including a leaf-like feather on one hand and a rose on the other. She has dimple piercings and is around 5'5". She was last seen wearing a black bonnet, a black jacket with a purple shirt, gray jogging pants, and black Crocs. Please make sure to look at her photos on our social media pages or Google her photo to see what she looks like. Maybe you recognize her. Maybe someone you know does. If you know something about her disappearance, call the Anderson County Sheriff's Office at 864-260-4405 or you can submit information through Crime Stoppers at 1-888-CRIME-SC and a $5,000 reward is being offered through Crime Stoppers leading to Alexis being found. Yeah, I feel like a lot more could be shared about this case that happened last year. 
I haven't heard anything. Not heard a peep about it. It's so ominous and freaky to me. I'm just like, this isn't a good thing. She didn't leave on her own free will. She wouldn't have left her kids. She had plans. She had merchandise bought. She had a business. You know, she had everything figured out for her move to Atlanta. I don't know. Just really freaking terrible. Thank you, Terrence, for telling us about it. Yeah, we need to definitely share this mm-hmm. in our social media. And yeah. I've never heard of this. It's so sad. It's sad that it happened. And it's sad that it's another one of those mm-hmm. cases. Yeah. Like Clashendra Hall here yeah. in Arkansas mm-hmm. that you just don't hear about. It's And it's so freaky. It's, it's Why do we not care about a missing person? Right. It shouldn't it be on headlines. I don't know. But... Share, 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 please, when we post this. Someone knows who she is. Someone knows something that happened. It could have been someone who followed her online Mm -hmm. that was maybe obsessed with her. Could be. I don't want to assume it's a man, but because it's a black truck and they'd been calling her, I lean into thinking it was a man. Mm -hmm. But who knows? Let's take a break. Okay, let's get into your case. I'm switching this all up. Okay, I'm here for it. I'm going to read you a poem. Ooh, did you write it? No. In high school? (laughs) I did do that in high school. I did too. I wrote so much poetry. I have, I think all teenage girls do. I have like a trapper keeper, but it's kind of like that, that has all these just heartbroken. Oh yeah, me too. Love, stupid ass poems. That I wanted to submit to Seventeen magazine. <laughs> oh my gosh, I did the same type of stuff. Oh, it's so cringeworthy now. And, and I've looked at them, you know, in the last couple of years, and I'm like, uh, Jesus Christ, I should burn this in case something happens to oh me. Oh my god! So no one, you know, looks back on Ashley from 1996 and is like, Oh my god, <laughs> look at her. I'd love to read one. No, they're awful. This is a good one, though. Okay. All right, here we go. It was many a many year ago in a kingdom by the sea that a maiden there lived whom you may know by the name of Annabel Lee. And this maiden she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child and she was a child in this kingdom by the sea, but we loved with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabel Lee. With a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And this was the reason that long ago in this kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud, chilling my beautiful Annabel Lee, so that her high-born kingsman came and bore her away from me to shut her up in a sepulcher in this kingdom by the sea. The angels not half so happy in heaven went envying her and me, Yes, that was the reason, as all men know, in this kingdom by the sea, that the wind came out of a cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabelle But our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than we. And neither the angels in heaven above, nor the demons down under the sea, could ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabelle For the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabelle Lee, and the stars never rise, but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And so all the night tide, I lie down beside 
my darling, my darling, my life and my bride, in her sepulcher there by the sea, in her tomb by the sounding sea. So this is my favorite poem, writing anything by Edgar Allan Poe. I know you're shocked. (laughs) I love Edgar Allan Poe. I do too. And this is my favorite of all of his things. I am a hopeless romantic, contrary to popular (laughs) belief. But you throw in a spooky ghosty tale associated with a broken heart, and I'm here for it. Me too. Me too. So since we're covering South Carolina this week, and it's spooky season, I thought I would switch it up for Mm -hmm. murder and true crime for a ghost story. allegedly associated with our spooky author, Edgar Allan Poe. So without a doubt, Charleston is one of my most favorite cities I've ever been to. Me too. The history, the food, the shopping, the beaches, everything. The houses. The houses, the architecture. I love everything about this place. And southern cities like this one Mm -hmm. that are a bazillion years old have so many ghost stories. Old cemetery tours and legends, which is why I think they're so great. So the last time I was in Charleston was right before COVID, like literally February. Mm. Oh, wow. And I went on one of these walking ghost tours through the city, which I know are kind of cheesy. And it was completely random. We were walking past one of those like sidewalk signs. You know how they have them that are like, join this ghost tour. listened into one of those i've never done the tour but i've stopped because i'm nosy and like or you stand far away and yeah yeah Yeah. no i've done it too and i was like we were wine buzzed from dinner and we're like (laughs) we should do this this is gonna be super fun so we signed up we were there for it and (laughs) so fast forward we're making our way down the cobblestone streets And everything that they're telling us is so interesting. Mm -hmm. And so now my buzz is wearing off because I'm trying to focus and listen because this is really cool. So we go to this narrow archway on 4 Archdale Street where the Unitarian Church Cemetery is. So this is one of the most popular cemeteries in Charleston. And the Unitarian Church itself is the second oldest church in the city. It was built in 1772, and then it was rebuilt in 1854 because during the Revolutionary War, it was used for, like, barracks, and a lot of the church got destroyed, so that's why they had to rebuild it. Anyways, so the churchyard cemetery is, yes, it's reportedly haunted, like many in Mm -hmm. these old cities are. And that is the subject of one of Edgar Allan Poe's most famous poems, Annabelle Lee. So legend has it that she is buried here, and on certain nights, the ghost of Annabelle Lee wanders the cemetery dressed in a white dress. She seems to be roaming and looking for somebody, and maybe this is because her love was so strong for him that she can't rest like their love story abruptly ended very tragically and she never got to say goodbye so the guys telling us all this stuff my ears were on fire i could i was I like i wish i had known that so amazing oh and my gosh clearly things didn't work out with me and that guy but <laughs> <laughs> oh, i but, wish i had gone to this place when i was he there knew 
this mm-hmm. story and he knew that that was my favorite poem. Oh. And so come to find out as we're randomly, quote unquote, walking by, he's like, we should do this ghost tour. Because he knew mm-hmm. the story and he knew That's that square cool. went, which is very sweet in retrospect. Yeah. Sorry it didn't work out, sir. But <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's, yeah. So as the story goes, Annabelle, who some believe was Annabelle Ravenel, and the Ravenels are a huge family in South Carolina, dates back way, mm. way, way, way far back. And they're very political and they're still there. So supposedly this was who she was. She was Ravenel. So she was a beautiful Southern belle who was very wealthy. And she lived in Charleston before the Civil War broke out. She fell in love with a sailor named Edgar A. Perry, who was stationed at Fort Moultrie, probably not pronouncing that correctly, which is just across the Charleston Harbor. Okay. But her father didn't approve because she was this very wealthy socialite. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be with this blue-collar sailor. Supposedly, she was already promised to another very prominent family in South Carolina, like their son and her would join forces and make this huge political family. So... She, he forbids her from mm. seeing this poor sailor. No, you're not going to do this. But the two couldn't stay apart. Oh. Couldn't stand it. They had to see each other. So Annabelle would sneak out at night to see her lover at the Unitarian Cemetery. Oh. Her family had several plots there. So okay. she knew it like the back of her hand. So they would sneak and meet there. And supposedly one night, Dad followed her and caught them. So he, it's furious. He locks her in her room for several months as a punishment. And before long, Edgar was reassigned to a new post far, far away in Baltimore. Mm. So some believe Anna's father pulled some strings and got him sent away. So the two were never able to see each other again. And after losing her love, Anna became very ill and eventually died of yellow fever. Although some claim it was a broken heart that killed her. So when Edgar heard this, that she was ill, he rushed back to see her, but it was too late. She had died. It's not like you could hop a plane. No, it takes a minute. Yeah. So she had died. So her father bought six burial plots side by side. And buried her in one of them in an unmarked (gasps) grave. Unmarked? It's your daughter, dude. He did it out of spite. (gasps) So the legend says, so that (gasps) when Edgar returned, which he did. Oh my gosh. He wouldn't be able to grieve at her grave. That is so messed up. So when Edgar did arrange to get back and visit the cemetery, he found that there was no marker. And he had no idea which one was hers. So he would go there every day and sit for hours. He would sit by the family's plot, hoping that she was in one of these. One and just grieve, cry. He didn't. He never knew which one was actually hers. 
And he would remember how they used to meet there in the same cemetery at the same plots and how much they loved each other. And he would just cry. Oh, my gosh. So, sadly, he never found out which plot belonged to her. And he returned to Baltimore, where he eventually attended West Point, became a famous writer, Edgar Allan Poe. Mm -hmm. But drinking and drugs destroyed his career, and he also died very young at the age of 40. And Annabelle Lee was his last poem published the same year that he died. Really? Yes. Man. So how did he end up in Charleston to begin with, you ask? Yeah, I didn't know he was there ever. So this was something before this tour that I... I thought he was just hanging out in Baltimore. I never heard anything about... Why was... Mm -hmm. I never heard anything about this. Him being in Charleston, what? Yeah, me either. No idea. So Edgar was born in Boston and died in Baltimore. He spent a year on Sullivan's Island, which isn't a very long time, but it was enough to inspire some of his most famous works and earn him local legend status. Mm -hmm. So he was a student at the University of Virginia for a year, but was kicked out after gambling left him in extreme debt. So at 18, he used the assumed name of Edgar A. Perry and enlisted in the army to get rid of all the debt. So he was going to serve five years. And on October the 31st of that year, he sailed to Charleston, where he was stationed for the next year on Sullivan's Island. And it was here he met the local girl, mm. Annabelle Lee, and fell in love. He was swept away by her beauty and her intelligence. And so the two began the forbidden love affair, and it ended in tragedy. I didn't not, know that. Not your uh, true crime murdery story, but very I'm in. spooky. So, so – I didn't see her when we did the tour, but as he's telling the whole story of all this, we're walking all around the cemetery and there's four headstones that have really no markers on them. They're so old. You can't, you can tell where there was something. And he's like, supposedly one of these is the grave of Annabelle Lee. And girl, I... Was a, I'm going there the next it, time I'm in Charleston. I was, I was like, oh my God, I have heard the story. Like in the fifth grade was yeah. maybe the first time I read it in a book. And I've been obsessed with, I love it so much. I could quote it mm-hmm. like the back of my hand. It's my favorite thing ever. And to know that it maybe really happened. Now this is all legend. Yeah. And to be where this could be That's where cool. she it was fascinating. And I've always thought about it since I went. It's very cool. There are so have you you've been to Charleston. Yeah. Multiple so times. There I are, never knew any of this. There are so many Edgar Allan Poe things in Charleston. Gosh. Like out on Sullivan's Island, there's a place called Poe's Tavern. Okay. I've never been to Sullivan's Island. I it's like I a ten think. minute drive okay. outside of Charleston. Gotcha. A little island Mm -hmm. and beach, which we had a beach house growing up right outside Myrtle Beach, like Hilton Head area. Anyways, so this area we've been to Mm -hmm. in the summers growing up. But I never knew all this stuff was there. Yeah. You know, so yeah, but like Poe's Taverns, really cool. The whole atmosphere of that place, it's all like all the artwork, the wallpaper, Everything is all Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, the food, I would love that. the food, the drinks—it's all very 
quirky and named after sonnets or stories or books that he's mm-hmm. written. Or it's that's so very cool. cool, very cool. And now this wasn't there when I was there, but now there's a Edgar Allan Poe speakeasy on King Street. <gasps> yes. Oh, I love speakeasies. Yes. I love a bougie, overpriced cocktail in a hidden room with like sign a smoke. Oh, sign me up. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. So very cool. That is really cool. I've been to Baltimore and Samuel was there interviewing for residency. And I'm like, we have to do all the things. So yeah. we went to like, went by one of his houses. Then we walked to the cemetery he was buried in, mm-hmm. saw it on his birthday. Mm-hmm. I don't know which birthday it was, but there were roses all over it. Cognac That's was left so at the grave. Cool. Like you had just been there. Very and, cool. And we went to... His alleged, the last bar he went to before he died, Mm -hmm. what's it called? Like the horse you rode in on saloon or something. I can't remember, but I had a blast there. Very cool. It was really cool. I've never been up there, so that's something I need to put on my list. But yeah. yeah. So this uh, Unitarian Cemetery, you should look up pictures. It's very, um, the people buried there, it's like they want to return to nature. So it's all very overgrown mm. and people like plant plants there and the only thing that's they take care of is like the sidewalk that you walk on or the cobblestone mm. that you walk on like the little between them oh it but looks beautiful other than that it's all overgrown and they just let nature like take purpose. its course on purpose which makes it beautiful there's ferns and ivy and plants and flowers and oh that is so cool it's very and at night and all the moss from the trees yes at night is super creepy Ooh, i love it i, I was i love a cemetery i was especially a really old one I, i'm like there better not be a snake i was so worried about a snake coming out the that guy I was with wanted to play kissy face, and, and I'm like, not, no. first of all, I'm fascinated by the story, so shut up. Get out of my ear. Number two, a snake better not get on me. <laughs> Very cool. Highly recommend it. Ten stars. That's really interesting. I learned something new today. Look at that. So I thought that might be a different um, topic to talk about. Yeah. It's very season. timely because tomorrow, well, for us, October 12th, Samuel's birthday, the Fall of the House of Usher is premiering on Netflix. <gasps> I saw that. It's an Edgar Allan Poe mashup that chronicles the downfall of like a big pharma family. It's There's a curse. It's the whole thing. It's done by my favorite, Mike Flanagan, who did The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Blind Manor. Oh, those are my favorites. I'm so freaking excited. It's been a minute since he's done anything, so... Yeah, it's it's likely going to be really sad um, and depressing because that's just the way it is. Well, you know, he died on October 7th. So that we just passed that. Today's the, what, the 11th? Mm-hmm. So. Very timely. Any hoozies. That is. Ooh. I have an update. Oh, okay. Oh, this is just an update of that girl, that Carly Russell. Oh. That pretended she was kidnapped. Oh, yeah. What happened? Um, So she went to court today. Oh, I didn't know uh-huh. anything had happened. So she that. appeared in municipal court today where she pled not guilty to two class A misdemeanor counts for what police describe as a stage kidnapping. What do you mean describe? That's what it was. That got so much it media did. attention. It did. And it rightfully so if it would have been a true story. But then you have like freaking Alexis's case, for example. Right. Like, come on. Why is this not all over the place? 
So the municipal court judge found her guilty on both charges. She's charged with false reporting to law enforcement and falsely reporting an incident. Mm -hmm. The attorney general's office is prosecuting the case. It will now be appealed to circuit court. So the police chief shared his frustrations today over the lack of harsher charges available for situations like this because he's like they create panic and fear and they consume significant law enforcement resources they do yeah which i agree with him yeah there should be harsher punishments for crime wolf and a child was Mm -hmm. people that was involved yes yeah so he said it's the same as someone who goes out and shoplifts less than five hundred dollars worth of merchandise it's the same penalty that's what she's being charged with wow and just think there needs to be some sort of enhancement when you're talking about being kidnapped and you've been a victim of a serious crime. Mm-hmm. And you're just getting off with, like you said, Nothing, it's the yeah. same It's I the agree. same as if you shoplifted a damn can of Coke. Mm-mm. So Hoover's investigation determined that she used her phone to search the terms, do you have to pay for an Amber Alert? The movie Taken, which is a film about abduction and price of bus tickets to Birmingham. Ultimately, she admitted to falsifying the situation through a straight through a statement from her attorney. So we don't really know the why she was doing We don't know it. why she was or where she was or anything. So her attorney says, My client did not see a baby on the side of the road. My client did not leave the Hoover area when she was identified as a missing person. My client did not have any help in this incident, but was a single act done by herself. My client was not anyone or in any hotel with anyone during the time she was missing. My client apologizes for her actions to this community, the volunteers who were searching for her, the Hoover Police Department, and all other agencies, as well as her friends and family. That's it. Wow. So... She did turn herself into the police department on July 28th and posted a $2,000 bond. At least she didn't double down and play it out longer. I was wondering what happened with this case. I know. I was wondering if there was maybe a mental breakdown involved. I don't know. I just... But it just... I think she should get in more trouble. In my opinion. That's my opinion. Anyone who does that. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Taking valuable time and resources away from people that are actually missing and in danger. So that's... Yeah. Mm. Also, did you see that there is a Ruby Frankie, a momfluencer's double life show on Hulu? When did that come out? I like, guess just in the last. Good Lord. They're just popping them out. I know. I'm they? like, I can't. Did you I, watch it? I haven't yet. Oh, I haven't to, watched have it watch yet. It. You need to put that. You'll have to yeah. watch that. Um, I don't know. I might watch it tonight. I'm just like in this age of social media and YouTube videos mm-hmm. just makes me ill. I'm not saying I don't post pictures and stuff about Max online mm-hmm. because I do, but if he didn't want me to, yeah. Or he asked me to take something down, well, I would a hundred percent do that. Hell yeah. half the time he picks the music for his football videos that I post. Well and it's like these people not I'm You're not, exploiting your child. Yeah, they're make profiting off mm-hmm. of their children. Mm-hmm. It just I don't know. It just, you know. It's kind of gross. I just think these these videos that people, and I don't care if you come for me, come for me. Come on, bring it all. I don't care because this is my opinion and it infuriates me as a mother. 
it's just getting worse and worse, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You're posting people are posting, not you particularly, Lacey. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't do it. She's <laughs> like, not put yet. your finger down. You, you still in my stomach. <laughs> but people posting these videos of them scaring their children, yeah. it fucking infuriate me. When they have Grinch come in and steal the Christmas tree, it infuriates me. I don't think that's funny. I don't laugh at it. It pisses me off. You're yeah. scoring your kid for what? Likes from a stranger? Or all the, the, the challenges. The challenges. The egg cracking on their like forehead. The I didn't like the egg thing. That shit. I would do it to Samuel, but I <laughs> that's it. I, I wouldn't just, do it to a kid. We've talked about this. I'm not a big prank person. I get I'm mad. Not, I get upset. I get and upset. I'm very sensitive. I don't like it. As a grown ass woman, so I wouldn't want to do that to a child. And it's just to me, you're 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 just fucking mean. I'm sorry you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it for social media. We don't know right now. There's so much of that online. So much. And we don't know the effects that this is going to have on these kids later yeah. on in life. It really makes me want to take everything off of social media of Max and delete <sighs> everything. I was just talking to Samuel about this. Like, what? to what extent do you do share, we share mm-hmm. our child on social mm-hmm. media? You can't trust anyone. No. And then also, oh, yeah. And, and, and even locking it down and making it private. Yeah, it's hard. It's like, hard. There's not an answer. There's not a this is right, this is wrong. Right. It's just like. Because you don't know if your best friend from high school's new boyfriend may be a fucking pervert. Exa- yes. I say that all the time. Like. You don't know. You do not know anybody. You really don't. No. No. You just. No. It, no, I agree. And it's just. Stuff like what she did, and we mm-hmm. see this come out so much, and we've seen these videos. We all have friends or family that have posted these mm-hmm. fucked up videos. It's infuriating, and it's very sad, and you guys suck. <laughs> I'm just saying it right there, and I don't care. She doesn't care. I don't care. No. I just, I mean, I'll post all I want to of myself, mm-hmm. but when it comes to Max, he knows before I post stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's been times where he's like, mom, don't post that picture of me. And I won't do it. Yeah. I'm like, I would never. I feel like there's a line between something you know is embarrassing. I would never do that on purpose. And that's one thing we had no. kind of talked about that we agreed on. No, of course, naked pictures. No. No, like period. Not even a butt. No. Not even a cute baby no, butt. No, We're not painting a pumpkin um, on a yeah, baby's ass and posting it. No, no. butt. And nothing that we- – we might take the picture and be like, oh, that's a funny memory, but not like if he poops himself or whatever. And we're like, oh, what a mess. But we're not going to put that on social no. media. There's nothing about. That's embarrassing. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. There's nothing Even, on social yeah. media about Max that I have ever posted yeah. that he would come back. I mean, of course, probably when he was a teenager, he's like, oh my God, I can't believe you posted that picture of me in that dragon costume when I was two. But but it's nothing unusually embarrassing. And I have showed or, you yeah. so many videos of Max hiding in the corner pooping mm-hmm. when he's two. And you and I laugh about it. Well, right. Never post that. Yeah. Or pictures yeah. that I've taken of Max or a music video of him lip singing a certain song that I've shown yeah. you. Never would I post that. I agree. Like, you can record it. You can take the videos. You it's can mine. The, but yeah. I but, would never put that on there for likes, for other people. It just yeah for notoriety of fame. It drives me crazy. But these people mm-hmm. like her are profiting off of yeah the humiliation of your child. Yeah, I, you fucking that's suck. Gross. Sorry, you suck. 
it's just a gross world we live in. It's like it's you true. can't. You can't. Tr- you really. And people can use their face and put uh-huh. them on stuff. And that's scary. And I'm like, it'd be hard to not have any photos. Yeah. Because I'm very into social media. I mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. But it's it's hard. I'm like, I don't know what the right thing to do is. We still don't know how it's going to affect kids. Mm-mm. Thanks for coming to our little <laughs> TED Talk here. But we don't know how it's going to affect no. children. Later on. Yeah. Even that generation isn't old enough yet. Right. But even with future careers, Mm -hmm. I mean, future relationships, we don't know. We we don't know the, we're slowly seeing the effects that it has now on us Mm -hmm. and a prospective job you may have. And they look at social media and there's a picture of you drinking bong water. Well, you're not getting that job because you look very unprofessional. And even though that's Saturday night, and has yeah. nothing it's to do. Just the way it is. Just be careful. Yeah. And it's just very true. Yeah. It's anyways. It is true. It's. I'll, I'll get off this soapbox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I agree with you. And. Yeah. It's so, just a gross world. Because you do want to be able to share. I know. That's what I've said. I'm like, even. I have family that live in Seattle. I have family that live. That's the thing is, I don't see a lot of my family often. They've seen Max grow up through social media posts, football pictures, first day of school Mm -hmm. pictures. Like, that's how they get to see my child. But when you do that, you're also opening it up for your best friend from high school's pervert boyfriend that you don't know is a registered sex offender. So, it's true. Anyways. Talk about something else. That is true. <laughs> My neck's no, getting like, red. <laughs> it, that, it sucks because it's true. Okay, change the subject. We have some movie recommendations. And oh they're God. scary. Let me get my pen. If you hear me scribbling, it's sorry. So <laughs> Stephanie S. messaged us and said that we should check out The Boogeyman on Hulu. Is this the new one? I think so. Can, because is I it messaged, not? You don't have to rent it? I messaged her back and I was like, oh my gosh, I... I'm glad it's out because I wanted to watch it, but I didn't know it was available yet. She said it's on Hulu. And The Aftermath on Netflix, which I have not heard about. And Clock on Hulu. <gasps> it's here. It's on Hulu. I'm excited. Yeah, I told Because okay. I thought I'm you had to pay that. for it on Prime, like I not too. free on Prime. Well, but it's not. It. It's not free on Prime. Exactly. And she's like, yeah, I wasn't going to pay for it, but it's, yeah, on Hulu. Thank you, Stephanie, for oh, letting yeah, us know. thanks. I'm watching. Let me make this list because guess what? Fuck this Frankie documentary. I'm not watching that. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm like, mad at after her. October. Yeah. So The Boogeyman on Hulu, The Aftermath on Netflix, Clock on Hulu. Yeah, I'm excited now. Thanks. Because, you know, I've been doing the- I haven't heard of, I mean, I've heard of The Boogeyman, but not the other two. I've been doing the 31 days yeah. thing and I'm running out of movies <laughs> to watch because they're all ones I've... Exactly. It's hard. Yeah, that I've seen or or whatever. Oh, but. and regarding your mini sting stories, uh-huh. Charlene emailed us and said, to tape a penny to the sting area, it takes the swelling down. It's an old trick. Oh my gosh, I'm writing that down too. I've never heard of that. Because you know Max loves to get stung apparently. Like, yeah, we can we can write that down and use it. Uh, yeah, thanks for everyone for writing in. We like when people do that. I love a I love a movie suggestion. Oh yeah. So one of our friends and I went and watched The Nun Two. Was it good on Sunday? It was so good. Really, I am so shocked. It was so good. So it was just him and I, and then there was one other dude way behind us at the theater, and he and I screamed and laughed <laughs> like two fifth you. grade girls. 
multiple jump scares. Tons of jump scares. It's so funny how I'm gonna have to people like that down one, but didn't because like the first one. I was going to throw it. it it's, it's so good. That's good. Very good. Highly recommend it. Spooky season. There's so many things coming yeah. up. I've already done so many spooky things. I have so many more coming up. I'm so excited about it. So tomorrow night is the Museum mm-hmm. of Discovery is having their big thing. And there's like maybe five of us going. Yeah. It's going to be super fun. I think it's a. Um, yeah, a friend mentioned it. And it's Samuel's birthday tomorrow. So Sam. I am going to take him to out to eat. But I'll see if he's interested in doing it. Looks it looks super fun. He's not a big birthday person. Yeah. Well, then be like, this isn't about you. (laughs) (laughs) You get dinner. I get off the hook. Yeah, I'll get him a nice dinner, and then I'll say, hey, do you want to go? And he'll be like, I just want to watch UFC and sit in the pool. I'll be like, okay. Okay, it's it's your day. Yeah. (laughs) It's your day, after all. But that does look cool. I'll give you that. It does look cool. We're going to the pumpkin patch on Sunday. The one with the corn maze? I think they all have corn mazes. I'm not sure which one we're going to go to, but... I went to um, one last year. Schaefer's, I think. Yeah, we did that one, I think, last year, too. I mm-hmm. think so. I don't remember. But these last couple days of this fall weather. Finally. I love it. This is countdown. 74 we, degrees. Fi- it took We get two long? weeks. <laughs> and then it's going to snow. two weeks. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to tornado. And then it will <sighs> snow. It probably will. And then there will be a random 95 degree day. Uh, and all know. the wasps will come back out and sting my kid again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, so, you know, the high on Saturday is only supposed to be like 68. Yeah. Yeah. I hope your pool is heated. Well, Samuel said he's cranking it up to 90 degrees. Oh my gosh. So. <laughs> we'll see. Well, cause we're gone the weekend after in Kansas city. Uh-huh. I'm ready to be home. I'm telling you what, this pregnant lady is sick of. Tra- well, you like to travel. I though. like traveling, but man, getting around. Walking just down the street, Samuel was, when we were in Asheville, he was hiking and he was trying to think, oh, could Lacey do this one? And I'm no. like, I can't even walk. You can't walk up the stairs. Up the stairs. And he's like, yeah, I forget you're like really pregnant in your third trimester. I'm like, yeah. don't forget. Don't, I couldn't do this before, sir. I was like out of breath. <laughs> yeah. I'm, oh. Like, I'm not hiking. Nope. Well, um, we have to record our Patreon next week. Mm. Did you forget? Yeah. What are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to talk about this because yeah, I have no it's, idea. It's a, I'm not going to act like I wasn't going to write it the same week anyway. So I don't it know. Make a difference to well, me. So there's still time for you guys to write write us in. Yeah, tell us what you want to hear. So, anyways, bye bye.